gene stealer cults. Paranoia is a common aspect of life in the Warhammer 40k universe, with so many insidious enemies of humanity and the Imperium across the stars, it takes a rare form of vigilance to ensure that everyone around you is working towards the same goals that you are. Things are occasionally overlooked, however, and people fall through the cracks, sometimes coming into the service of something far different than the God Emperor. Among plenty of other threats to the Imperium, Tyranids are a terrifying species that can strip a planet bare in an all-consuming tide. It's somewhat surprising then to learn that not all Tyranid operate that way, and in fact some are far more intelligent and subtle. This brings us to the Gene Stealers, a unique breed of Tyranid designed to infiltrate civilized planets to prepare for an upcoming invasion spreading amongst the populace and convincing them to work towards a greater good. Let's take a look. Let's begin with a brief summary of Tyranids in general to provide a foundation to work off of. Tyranids are an incredibly hostile and dangerous form of alien life that seek to consume all living material across the galaxy. They are all linked and controlled by a hive mind. They are capable of rapid evolution and reproduction, and they cannot be reasoned with or deterred in any meaningful way. Tyranids are easily one of the most, if not the most, gravest threats to life in the galaxy, especially considering that their main invasion fleet is said to still be on the way. Their forces are broken up into a number of different hive fleets that all operate somewhat independently, each of them seeking out new planets filled with life forms that they can invade and devour. Typically, a hive fleet will have millions of vanguard organisms scouting out planets far ahead of the fleet, and once located, they will launch large mycetic spores onto the planet, containing specific tyranids designed for infiltration, including lictors and gene stealers. While lictors are intelligent assassins that can absorb memories from a target's brain, Gene-stealers are far more insidious in their methods, often operating for hundreds of years without detection. Physically, a gene-stealer is a bipedal creature about the height of a human, although they are typically in a perpetual crouch, and they possess two sets of arms, each ending in razor-sharp claws. They are strong and hardy, capable of living for centuries, and capable of existing even in the harshest of environments, including a hard vacuum. What makes them especially deadly, however, is their extraordinary intelligence, as these creatures are not designed for brute conflict, but rather for infiltration, surreptition, and reproduction. Upon arrival on a planet featuring intelligent life, whether it be humans or otherwise, the pure strain gene stealers sent by the Hive Fleet will begin to seek out a small population center. Here, they will locate an initial victim, and hypnotize them with a psychic gaze. At this point, they will use an organ resembling a tongue called an ovipositor, or the gene stealer's kiss, to insert a tiny embryonic organism into the victim. Over time, this organism will rewrite the victim's genetic code, as well as suppressing their consciousness with a localized version of the hive mind 
effectively becoming a slave to the gene stealer. Any offspring born by this host will be gene stealer hybrids, and the host will be mesmerized to care for them. From here, the cults will continue to grow with the guidance of the original gene stealer, known now as the Patriarch of the Cult. The cult will utilize a lesser form of the hive mind known as the Brood Mind to communicate as they expand, until eventually this Brood Mind acts as a psychic beacon, drawing in the hive fleet itself. The first generation of offspring of the victims affected by the Gene Stealer's kiss will largely resemble a Gene Stealer, with only a few traits of its parent species showing it to not quite be a pure strain. They will still have three or four arms, and will be unable to exist in normal society, but can otherwise continue to expand the cult through the use of their ovipositors. The children of this first generation bear slightly less resemblance to the pure strain, but still always have three arms, one of which ends in claws. The third generation of hybrids could potentially pass as a member of their host species, with some possessing only two arms and lacking the ovipositors of the past generations. These individuals can still infect other victims with gene stealer DNA through their blood, however. The fourth generation are virtually indistinguishable from members of the host species, but retain the hypnotic gaze of gene stealers. These hybrids will often manage to infiltrate high-ranking positions in the local government and military, and can spread insurrection among the populace without necessarily spreading gene stealer DNA. Certain mutants of the fourth generation can emerge, such as if one of the host parents is a psyker, producing a magus. A gene stealer magus is second in importance in the cult behind the patriarch, often functioning as the mouthpiece of the entire cult, as well as being capable of using their formidable psychic abilities to bend the wills of others. The Magus seeks to corrupt the local population into insurrection, bringing about the downfall of the planet's defenses prior to the arrival of the Hive Fleet, while another mutant known as a Primus is the cult's military leader. When the cult emerges in full force, the Primus leads their forces into battle, being gifted in leadership and coordination, as well as being supernaturally dexterous and capable of wielding all manner of stolen weaponry. If the cult is still in hiding, the Primus will often be responsible for spreading the cult to nearby planets to ensure the total collapse of the system. Finally, when the fourth generation of hybrids reproduce, they invariably produce new, pure strain gene stealers, starting the entire cycle again from there. While gene stealer cults most commonly spread amongst worlds of the Imperium, gene stealers can infect most other species, including the Tau, Eldar, Krut, and Orcs. Creating a cult in an Eldar community is difficult, as it takes many generations of offspring before the gene stealer infection will produce a hybrid, and by that point, the Eldar will typically have rooted out the gene stealers. Orcs are also difficult to foster a cult with, as they can somehow sense a wrongness in those infected with gene stealer DNA, with it likely affecting their psychic field. Similarly, the Tau and their connection to the ethereal caste makes it difficult for gene stealers to hide among them for very long. 
humans being relatively unruly and so numerous have so far made for an ideal host for gene stealer infiltration. That being said, there can be some complications, mostly due to the infected DNA being detected in medical scans. Infecting higher ranking members of the Adeptus Mechanicus is tricky due to them often getting new cybernetic modifications that involve medical procedures. Similarly, while a gene stealer can hypnotize and infect a space marine, they struggle to bend them completely to their will, and recruits especially go through numerous medical procedures and scans. The manifestation of a cult can differ greatly depending on the nature of the world that the gene stealer patriarch finds itself on. A gene stealer cult on a hive world is quite a different ordeal than one on an agri world, for example. A hive world is typically the most ideal target for a gene stealer, possessing a massive population and a multitude of hiding places for a patriarch and their growing cult. Authorities rarely venture into the lower levels of a hive city, and plenty of illegal weaponry flow through such areas, along with gang members familiar with combat. More gene stealer cults have arisen from hive worlds than any other, as once one sets in, they are very hard to uproot without total destruction. Worlds lacking in advanced technology such as feudal or feral worlds can easily come under the sway of a gene stealer cult, especially if it's already been established on another world and spreads here. Death worlds are generally sparsely populated, but they are often utilized by various groups for extreme training exercises, allowing a gene stealer infection to spread to numerous other worlds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Agri-worlds are similarly unpopulated, but the distance between settlements makes them easy targets for a cult. Once established, they have an easy excuse to send shipments to numerous other planets, spreading the infection across systems. The juiciest of targets for a gene stealer, however, are imperial worlds devoted to military causes, such as armory worlds, fortress worlds, or other war worlds where a cult can infiltrate the Astra Militarum there, slowly accumulating soldiers to their cause. While the gene stealer DNA in hybrids will often cause slight mutations among the soldiers, these sorts of things are often overlooked, especially when soldiers function as they should. If left to fester for long enough without being discovered, a gene stealer cult embedded in the Imperial Guard can take over entire regiments, allowing them to quickly overwhelm the opposition at the time when they emerge. A gene stealer cult can expand in three different ways. The first and foremost is by hypnotizing victims and infecting them with gene stealer DNA. The second is by infected individuals giving birth to hybrids. And the third is far more mundane, essentially just rallying other groups or individuals into insurrection. Life in the Imperium is not especially pleasant for most people and all it takes for many to rise up against the establishment 
is simply being given some hope that things could be better. This concept is the same idea that the Chaos Gods feed off of, but Gene Stealer cults can operate with much larger numbers, making the idea of joining up with them an even easier proposition. It's also important to emphasize the level of secrecy that these cults operate with, as most of the members are not actively opposing the Imperium with every action. Ideally, the cult continues to quietly grow and expand across multiple planets before the Tyranid Hive Fleet is ready to arrive, at which point they emerge and cripple any resistance in a lightning strike. At this point, other groups that would oppose the existing society would also join in the insurrection, but most of the time, subtlety is key to the cult expanding. It takes very little time or effort to hypnotize and brainwash an individual into serving the cult, at which point they mostly continue to go about their lives, unaware that anything has changed. They adore the patriarch like a father, and think nothing of the strange mutations their children might be born with. They are part of the cult's brood mind, controlled to a degree, but also happy to be a part of a family that cares and protects for them. These individuals are not aware of their ultimate fate at the hands of the Tyranids, nor are they really aware to any degree what the Tyranids are. All they know is that some great force from the heavens is on its way, and with their arrival, they will be alleviated of all their worldly troubles. In a short story by Adrian Tchaikovsky titled Raised in Darkness, a couple of Inquisitors visit an agri-world and discover the presence of a gene-stealer cult among the workers. The Inquisitors are prepared to burn as much of the agri-world as necessary to root out the cult, but the planetary governor, wishing to maintain their production as much as possible, tells them to just burn those afflicted with this taint and preserve the rest. One of the Inquisitors responds, We are not dealing with an affliction. It is a cult. Listen, there was a single creature once. Gene-stealers, you've heard of them. Not just denizens of abandoned ships and far planets. One of them reached your world, found your people. It fed. It infected them with its nature. Adults finding odd marks on their bodies, strange thoughts in their heads. I'll wager you've enough fungal conditions here that it went unnoticed. Then children born. Hideous, alien, yet children still and who does not love their children? Hidden away, a shameful secret. But then parents of the afflicted find they are not alone, and those children are strong, gifted, wise even, and each generation better at masking its abnormalities, more human on the outside, though perhaps not within. And out of this knot of deformity, those who told your people they were destined, chosen. Perhaps they even dressed it in the robes of the emperor, but the shape of the god beneath was alien. And it's a powerful thing to tell people they're special. People live hard lives. The emperor demands much and can never give as much as he wishes. The old words said so often. Imagine being told there was another path to salvation. Imagine if your priest, instead of exhorting mere faith, 
could bare his chest and show you a concrete sign the new age was dawning, that the universe truly cared about you. In the end, the Inquisitors burn as much as necessary while being violently opposed by the cult. They also discover that the governor himself is aware of the cult, as he learned that the people responsible here for working the hardest and producing the highest yields were members of the cult. The gene-stealer DNA breeds strong backs and hardy bodies, and they work hard because the cult tells them that they're worth something and they have a larger purpose. Together then they came to an arrangement, and although the Inquisitor tells him what the cult will ultimately bring about, the governor believes that any moment an orc fleet could arrive or a chaos cult snuffs out the sun. Until then, he can ensure the work gets done and that people are fed today. It's this general philosophy that makes gene-stealer cults so dangerous and insidious, as life is incredibly cheap in the 40k universe. Rather than toiling day in and day out with some vague hope that someday some future generation of your people will live better lives and the wars will be over, the cults offer a promise of a better tomorrow and a family that cares for you. In truth, of course, their fate is far darker than that, but giving a purposeless man a purpose is an incredible tool for motivation. Ultimately though, gene-stealer cults will suffer one of two fates. The first is that they are discovered and rooted out by others, sometimes when the cult is young and small, and other times when they are at their peak and attempting to destroy any resistance to an incoming Tyranid invasion. In such cases, perhaps remnants of the cult, including the Patriarch, can escape and restart the cycle elsewhere, or perhaps they are simply annihilated completely. The second possible fate is that they successfully bring in the Tyranid High Fleet, allowing the complete consumption of the host planet. In these cases, a cult will be absorbed into the Hive, just the same as all other biomass on the planet, often assisted by the Patriarch and other pure strain gene stealers. Sometimes cultists will embrace this, welcoming the idea of becoming part of a greater whole while others will embrace their more human side in the end, being horrified as they're torn apart and devoured. Rarely, some cultists may even rebel against the Tyranids after learning what their ultimate fate is to be. Gene-stealer cults are certainly one of the more horrifying and insidious aspects of the 40k universe. While the corruption of chaos can be just as insidious, it's typically some sort of conscious decision that leads individuals down the path towards joining a chaos cult on a civilized planet. Gene stealers, however, can hypnotize and implant anyone, no matter how innocent or stalwart. An unfortunate encounter with a friend of a friend in an isolated location can easily lead to you serving a bloodthirsty Xenos species for the rest of your life, thinking that it's as normal as could be. While it doesn't take a massive amount of soldiers and weaponry to wipe out a cult, the trouble is of course locating them. They are intelligent, operating as a single brood mind, and minor mutations can easily be covered up or overlooked. Anyone on a planet, including the governor, could be a member of the cult or aiding them in some way, and if they're not caught in time, 
the real problem will eventually arrive.